This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Today I'm joined by Tom Hickmore, who's the creative director at Nice Media. Tom, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Andy. Yeah. You're always so calm. You're like a lagoon of calm. I, I get my sort of stuffed up radio voice on and go, and how are you? And you're, well, I'm actually fine, thanks, Andy. <laughs> we spoke before, uh, didn't we? Um, the, the last time you were on the show was October 2014, a couple of years ago. And I remember it well because yeah, we were sitting outside the coffee shop, weren't we? Yes, I was surprised you wanted to do an interview outdoors. That was radical. Well, you know, that's how I roll. And I seem to remember we were talking more about um, the technical side of videoing, weren't we? Because you're a sort of um, video specialist. Um, I want to talk more about the sort of marketing side of it today, if that's okay. But before we do that, just remind our listeners um, who you are, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Nice Media. I come from near Chichester, a small village. I studied fine art and I made video art in the 1980s. So the stuff I made at college was shown internationally in like Museum of Modern Art in New York, but I didn't really like the art world. So mm. I had a job running a small video facility in Brighton and I've kind of done that stuff ever since really, just you know, making corporate video. And then in the 90s, I got more into what was then called multimedia, which is now e-learning. Um, because I was interested in doing drama. Then in 2003, we founded Nice Media, which is my existing company, which we specialise in doing video for learning, which is generally we make video for larger organisations, which would be, you know, dramas or fact-based things or, you know, how to screw one widget onto another. Mm. <laughs> but it tends to be more management-oriented learning. But... I think while you're interested in doing it me, also we do for ourselves, we do quite a lot of content marketing. So we make little pieces that are mostly know-how, but we also interview other people in the sector and this kind of thing to, you can talk to me more about that, but generally that's our sort of what we do is in terms of our content marketing. We make videos for ourselves yeah. that we share people yeah and that's probably more the bit i want to focus on because you've got this sort of like you're almost like you're wearing two hats really you're, you're marketing yourself through video but you're also producing these more sort of uh, educational pieces for your clients aren't you before we sort of drill down into that um in terms of video as a, a sort of means of creating content what would you say are the the strengths and weaknesses of video tom i think the main things that video is strong in is something that's impactful and memory it makes you remember it and it also has like emotional hook what it's no good at really is highly detailed stuff you know like a manual or something like that or Mm. you know so basically if you the way i think of it when we do learning i say it's you might have watched a documentary about the fourth road bridge and it might inspire you to become a engineer but it won't teach you how to become an engineer but it will give you some of the it will it could for example give you uh, lots of facts about engineering like talk or you know sort of high level information but you still have to go and read the books so that's the that's the general i think we all know those are the general strengths but people i tell you what people ignore it and they think oh this is a great medium because no one has to read so i can just essentially 
read something out and people can watch it and that's going to be engaging but it's not it's actually better to read it because there's no sort of control over what they're watching and you know so it's like a book but with less control mm. whereas if you've got some a video basically need to be sort of punchy well made you know focusing on the engagement focusing on the what they're good at, which I, you know, I could go on about that a bit more, but <laughs> I think that's an, enough for a sort of high-level description. That's interesting, though, isn't it? Because um, when you're making your videos, uh, your more educational videos for your clients, that's what you're trying to do, isn't it? You're trying to educate them, but but it sounds like you feel that videos aren't that good for for detailed info. How do you get around that? There's an example when general election. I think it was a sort of presentation by them and they did a lot of things when they they realised that they had all this interior, internal knowledge in the company mm. and all their engineers and stuff but it wasn't being shared within the company so they actually did a sort of in-house thing when they all, the, all these engineers filmed themselves doing different processes and talked it through as they did them and then they put them on this great big online database mm. And so in that sense, you know, that is detailed stuff. Uh, you know, actually, the videos often were not very strong because if you film the sort of an instructional video, you'd make sure you could see every single detail, you know, where the screw was going in, you know, how they turned it. But obviously, they just had like one camera pointing at it a little bit blurry. But yeah. they sort of get, because you're an engineer, I think, and you more or less know it, you know what you should do in theory and then when you see someone doing it you i think you pick up more detail and you also get it from your colleagues so you believe it you know because you know it's actually being done as opposed yeah. to yeah. just written down and and so in that, that's one example of how it can be good for very detailed stuff yeah it's interesting isn't it because it's i think it depends as you said it depends on the watcher who's watching it and it, it will probably make more sense to them because it's very sort of specific and technical. Um, yeah, it's a bit like me. I, I watch a lot of BJJ videos and most people look at that and they go, it's just a tangle of arms and legs, what's going on. But I suppose when you've done it and you know it, you sort of, you realise what the various moves and things are. So let's just go on to um, using video for, for content, Tom. What, what, are the things that, uh, what are the things you have to think about when considering using video for producing content? Generally, the tr you know, the trend is, which we are, in that trend which I, th I think is there's a reason it's a trend and not just a a fad if you like is for people to share knowledge isn't it and the whole thing is like can we give stuff away for free because then people will come to you and they'll regard you as an expert or someone who's benevolent or whatever it is you know so that's a, you know lots of people are doing that we're doing that and then so the thing is obviously you don't, you don't want to make yourself look bad when you do that do you mm. that's the so if you are an expert but you feel like this and actually no one could actually see your face <laughs> you know uh, it's not going to help is it so there's very very basic things like you've got to i think what people often ignore and you'll appreciate this andy is the sound mm. i think people would appreciate will put up with really bad imagery but the sound's got to be clear. I mean, are we to, are we, I'm imagining that your audience are thinking of generating content themselves, uh, and that's kind of what I'm addressing at the moment. Do you think yes, that's right? yes, they are, yes. And hello, audience, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> so that's one thing, like a little technical thing. I mean, 
I don't know if it's, we've already talked about in the previous interview all the technical stuff, so I won't go too much into that. And there's also a lot of stuff, funnily enough, on the internet about how to set yourself up properly to do all this stuff. Technically, that in a way is the easy part. I think the harder part is, you know, how to present yourself, whatever you want to get across. So really, if you've got a great personality, that's a really winning thing. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people especially in marketing and sales, they have to be able to present, don't they? Um, yeah. So likely that you, oh, oh, listener, have got a, you know, some capsule there which is your personality and then if you can capture that on video and get it across that's your first winning point i mean the main thing is you've got to keep interest so it's really like any sales message what's what is your you know what does your customer want to know and can you get them to that quickly whilst at the same time engaging them with you Mm. (laughs) so you know you should always it should always be scripted and structured. So I'm sure most people know things like Aida and Fabs. Are you aware of those, Andy? I have to admit, my, my, my pretend answer is yes, I have heard of them. But let's make sure our audience know what they are, Tom, and spell them out for us. Okay. Yeah, Fabs, that's features, advantages and benefits. And Aida is attention, interest, desire an action. Oh, I should have so known of Aida. I have heard of Aida. Of course I have. Silly me. Yeah, so that's a, those are ways of um, structuring your message. I mean, you can mix them up a little bit as well. And then there's also the thing, I think, if anyone's heard, there's a really good book out there. And there's also, you can save yourself a lot of time just by watching the video of the TED Talk mm. <laughs> of this guy called um, Simon Sinek who's written a book called Start With The Why. Yeah. It basically says people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And he's got a... It's kind of... It's really... It's another way of describing brand communication, really, is you could say. But it's another... It's a really good thing to bear in mind also when you're putting across marketing messages in video because you have to say, you know, what... It's, it's what helps you stand apart. And so this is all quite abstract because we're not actually talking about any particular thing. So um, perhaps I should talk about it a bit in terms of how we do it. Yes, that would be a good um, idea, yeah, because it is quite abstract in places, isn't it? Yeah. So what we're doing is we're setting video for learning. So what we're trying to do is stand for improving the quality of video in learning. Um, and so one thing we try and do is educate our customers, if you like, so they can shop better, but also we can work with them better. So we make little blogs and vlogs, which are to do with, you know, if you're going to make a drama out of a boring subject to like communicate something about like a management issue, mm. how do you start to break down the, if you like, the raw issues into something that actually would make sense and be watchable and what isn't watchable so that's one example of something that we've done mm. which helps people sort of then when you're working with them it's just a, it's a you can it can improve working methods and they can see you're an expert as well a lot of the stuff we do is, is with um you know e-learning or learning agencies so they do a lot of learning but they don't do very much video so they uh, they want to become more experts in it 
and they use us to make it. But then when they're talking to their clients, they want to be able to, you know, understand stuff enough that they can talk to us and give us a good steer. You know, they mm. they are, you know, we're all interested in making it better. So, um, and that's our why, if you like. Our why is we want to improve the overall quality, basically, so we can do more interesting work, you know, apart from anything else. Yeah. But also it does benefit the whole learning community. Now, it's interesting because you you, you, you make these two types of video. You make the uh, sort of contenty ones to promote yourself. You make the more educational ones for your clients. Now, videos for education and learning, do you think uh, using educational videos can actually be good marketing? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, as, as I've described, I think if you educate your clients in something they're interested in, you know, they're going to want to come back to you. It's free content. So, for example, I know, do you know crunch.co.uk? Yes, I know, crunch. I know the crunch people. Yeah, they're like online accounting service and they have a, a whole lot of free content that they give away and amongst them will be tips about, you know, how to handle the HMRC or, mm. you know, how you can make your one man in a white van into an offshore company. You know what I mean? <laughs> they actually do have that kind of thing, actually. So not all of it's in video, but they do have video. Um, and actually the other people who do it, possibly a bit more famous, is um, Zero, which is another, which is an accounting software. They're yes. New Zealand-based. And they've yes. got a whole channel they call Zero TV, which is quite quite similar. It also show, What they also show in that is case studies, which is quite interesting so in that sense they are showing off how well they're you know they're tangentially showing oh these this people have, these people have started up a business and you know they, they're jolly successful and they look handsome and intelligent and they've got two children and you're going to like them <laughs> and by the way they've used our software to do it you know yeah so it's a bit of a lifestyle you know observer magazine type of piece but it's kind of puts you as the viewer in empathy with them because you are saying you know you're trying to work out what to do with your life and, and um you know it just gives you a bit of comparison link into them that's you know it's educational up to a point but really it's more because it you know because it teaches you about how their business and how they've done it mm. but it's also free content for those people who've done that business and uh, it helps give the edge to the um, you know brand awareness to the product as someone that makes um videos uh in, as part of their sort of content marketing strategy what do you say tom to people that say that content marketing is dead because a few of them are saying it now aren't they yeah i, I think well any market's going to get saturated isn't it so what you could say is it's harder than it used to be i mean that's another way of saying it, mm. it i mean in a way it derives from it's kind of driven by Google, isn't it, really? Because I'm sure you know it's to do with the algorithms. Yep. So in a way, we're being driven by the robots. <laughs> yeah. But the robots are trying to serve the user, is the theory, isn't it? So they're writing algorithms. Uh, they're improving the algorithms so that rather than just as one might have done in the first place, we would have written video for learning 14,000 times on our homepage and mm -hmm. risen straight up the SEO. Now you actually have to get people interested in your site and you have to get the site you know people externally linking to you and actually using it and so in, in order to do that then you have to 
you know, actually interest them. <laughs> Therefore, you have to provide something on that site that is more than just, you know, hardcore information about your service. Yeah. And that's really that's how it's arisen. You know, perhaps, you know, what will happen next? I'm not sure. You know, I'm not a marketeer by, you know, profession or whatever. Mm. Uh, I just, I just, I just let them advise me and make the films. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen next? I have no idea. Trying to predict the future of uh, online marketing is is a bit like trying to. Oh, I'm trying to think of a funny analogy, but I can't. Um, mm. I'm I'm sure I'll think of several as soon as I hit the stop button. <laughs> I know. I know. A few years ago, we tried to do. Um, I had a guy who was interested. He said, "There's going to be so much traffic on mobile phones." He's saying, "We've got to make content, video content for mobile phones." So I was making these little funny pieces for mobile phones and uh, like viral pieces really yeah. and then of course what he didn't predict is there's a hell of a lot of traffic on mobile phones and generally on any device but it's all user generated and he didn't see that coming at all mm. just which does remind me of a little thing an interesting fact actually about internet marketing on video is that there's a there's a study done to show that whilst how can I put it? Use, you, customers, users, whatever you want to call them, are very interested in kind of what you might call testimonial type videos. Mm. Uh, so, you know, people saying, oh, I think your product's great because they sort of tend to believe it. But the strange thing is that they, if that content is in the context of a sort of more professional wrapper, if you like, so you've got a presenter introducing it and saying something about it and then you see the things and then you go back to the presenter, something like that, mm. then it's not the factor of, their, of the believability and how much they engage with it is, is something like, you know, to the power of 10 or something. I can't remember what it is, but it's unusually a lot higher. So that's, I just think that if you're doing, <laughs> for this brief that we're talking about now, that's a very useful thing to know, I think. If you're, if you're, yes, people want to get real people's opinions because they trust them, but they also need to see them in a professional context, well presented in a way that appears professional. Mm. Otherwise, I think, I, I don't know, really know why the answer, why that is, but I would guess it's because they could just think of them as like nutty trolls otherwise, I suppose. You know, it's a bit like dressing up people so that they look nicer and you believe them more. <laughs> you know, I yeah. God knows. Now, we have, um, there's almost a, a, a point that I, it's a bit like playing sort of um, um, bingo on this um, show because um, I always like to try and get the VR word in uh, these shows because a lot of people are talking about VR as a, as, as a future um, sort of platform for for online marketing. I was just wondering, what are your views on VR, Tom? How does it compare to video? I don't know, sort of video versus you know, virtual reality. Discuss. What's your point of view on this? I have to say, I'm not very engaged with VR, which is partly because I've got <laughs> I've got something wrong with my eyes and I can't. <laughs> making video but actually it doesn't work it doesn't harm you know it's easy to work around it with making video but it's yeah. not very good when I put on those goggles because I've got some scars on my retina believe it or not really but um and they're not and they're complementary so when you you sort of tune them out in everyday life but as soon as you put on fake goggles yeah. they sort yeah. of pop out more right. but I think I'm too old to engage with that Andy <laughs> I've got a colleague here who's very interested in it you know some of us are interested in it but I think it's I suppose my first thought is there's no point of view in 
VR as far as I understand it. It's like you're just in an environment, isn't it? And you can, so it's not about the, it's not about so much what you're representing, I imagine, as about the, the gamified structure of it in terms of engagement. Yeah, it's all about creating sort of virtual worlds and then putting, which of course you can completely control. So then you 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 can put things in that virtual world that will make it easy for people to um, interact uh, with your company, your product, your service, whatever. So yes, you're right. There's there's no point of view, I suppose, when you're making a video because it's kind of a static medium. Although it obviously, I mean, static in terms of its content. Uh, not yeah. static, of course, in terms of its interpretation, but you, com- you 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 provide the point of view, the way you you put it together. So I guess that's what you're saying. It's very, yeah, it's very. Um, I mean, one thing about VR is that it's very it costs a lot of money to develop because you have to make a whole world, don't you? Well, so I don't think many yes. people are going to. Yeah, so not many people are going to be doing it, you know, because it's. It's basically like building a video game, essentially, isn't it? I suppose you yeah. could do small little bits. Um, I'm sure that'll come on, you know, relatively rapidly with sort of the stuff like AI and also, you know, I've seen also already something on Google Earth whereby you can look at, you know, it takes pictures of houses from different angles and then you can, it makes it into a sort of 3D model. Yes, it, it digitizes them. Yes, yes, I've seen yeah. that too. So that will come into that. I'm sure that will there'll be sort of standard tools that you can do that in VR. So that will, when all that stuff's in place, yeah, it'll be easier and stuff. But, I mean, the the point is, uh, you know, in a video, you've got a linear type of uh, message that you can deliver, and it's very clear. Mm. Whereas in VR, you're trying to okay, you're trying to immerse people and get them engaged. So yes, you might immerse them, but the bar will be higher because mm. you know like a, a video is short uh, two minute video watch that great done on to the next thing generally the people people's mentality in in who are web savvy is that they want to very quickly get to the information they want and digest that you know there's been a lot of studies to do that mm. uh, about to reveal that whereas in vr you know you where are you leading them you're not really you're sort of putting them in somewhere and saying play (laughs) with it you know (laughs) now if you can do something amazing and get them to stay there you know that's going to be great but is it going to sell you i think it's i don't really know i think it's going to be better applied to you know entertainment as it is Mm -hmm. and also learning i suppose for sort of the more sensual sensory type of learning which might be you know, armed forces or something like that, you know, mm. where it has to be more realistic. Yeah. I think some of the dangers of it are that already in gaming, I th- I'm very, personally, I'm so unsporting. I'm complete, there's a big buzzword in learning, which is gamification and everything's going to be gamified. Yes. And I just think, <laughs> I once read this book, I read this book, which is mostly, um, I forgot what it's called now. It's about, it's like a self-improvement book based on gamification. And I read this book and then unconsciously everything it said in it, it was saying, well, you can improve your life by, you know, making basically like calorie cutting into a game. It was this sort of thing. Yeah. It said it's like proven to work. And I'm just, and I was unconsciously, as I was reading it, I was thinking, well, I could just take the game out of that and just take the essential bits of information, which are you need to eat less carbs or something. Yeah. And I could just do that. That'd be great. You know, and then I could just, 
everything it had in a stupid game format, I just thought, well, I can just do that. I don't need a game structure, you know, and I just find game, personally, I find them anything gamified just irritating because I, <laughs> I think I just want to get to that flipping information. I want to find out. I don't want to play a bloody game. You know, <laughs> I think it's a slightly insulting, personally. But that's me. You know, people do like to engage with games. But I've also noticed that in video, I'm probably going off some crazy tension here, but in um, learning, a lot of people want to do point-of-view video, mm. which basically comes from gaming, really, uh, and maybe peep show. But they don't really understand her. I mean, I'm talking literal point-of-view when the camera is the person. Yes. And they, yes. Think that, they think that the camera is the person is more empathic than the camera in the third person, if you like that. Mm. But actually, that's not true. That's not how film language works. But uh, it really isn't. I, that's, a quite, that's another discussion. But what, it, what is interesting about it, I think, is that gaming leads to a sort of, to my mind, it's sort of anti-empathic generally because usually you are sort of removed from the actions that you're doing. So you can blow up people and it's great. You know, <laughs> that's all good stuff i mean i suppose you can do it in yeah you can do it in um if we take a film parallel john McClane in die hard or something you know you can blow up people mm. but it's always linked to some sort of it's generally linked to sort of sort of moral structure or sort of meaningful structure yeah whereas those are generally absent in gaming i think as, as far as i understand it i'm not i don't do them much so i and you know you look I'm, i've going on a moral rant here i totally didn't mean to <laughs> no this is but, an interesting you know, conversation it, it is an interesting conversation i think our next talk tom definitely needs to be we can talk about the um gamification of gamifying which i'm, I'm sure you'd really enjoy <laughs> that sounds very meta and yeah <laughs> excellent well tom thanks so much for um for talking to us how can our listeners find out more about you in nice media tom just go to nicemedia.co.uk and if you want to find our own content marketing stuff, uh, which is mainly aimed at learning professionals or people who are interested in creating video for learning, that's in our know-how section. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you've got questions you want to ask or, or uh, comments, but mainly questions, two ways to put those in. The um, email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic telephone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. Well, that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Tom. Thank you and goodbye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. <laughs>